Hello everyone, I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Well, welcome back, queens. We have Lauren Anton, who is not only our guest, but a good friend of ours and colleague we love having to hang out with and get to visit on the phone, so fun to have her on the podcast. Lauren's a fellow RD, but also a CDRD supervisor and certified personal trainer. She has a private practice in Los Angeles, California, and she's a certified eating disorder RD through the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals. Lauren specializes in eating disorders, sports nutrition, and helping those who struggle with their weight and seeks to assist clients in moving away from punitive experience with food movement to one of self-compassion and self-care. Her non-diet, weight-inclusive, health-at-every-size approach allows clients to shed the rules and regulations that bind them to behaviors that no longer serve them. As an expert in eating disorders and nutrition therapy, Lauren has worked at most levels of eating disorder treatment, including residential through IOP, and has spoken at numerous national and regional conferences and events on adolescents, eating disorders, and sports nutrition. She's also presented her own research at two conferences examining the effects of intuitive eating, based nutrition education on adolescent female cross-country runners. She's been quoted in publications such as the Washington Post, BuzzFeed, and the Huffington Post. Lauren served as a co-chair on the Academy of Eating Disorders Weight, Stigma, and Social Justice Special Interest Groups from 2015 to 2018 and on the IADEP Los Angeles Board from 2010 to 2014. Lauren is passionate about normalizing and enhancing the eating experience and encouraged each of her clients to taste their food with all their senses in her mindful eating ex- experientials. Oh, that sounded really funny. <laughs> she also <laughs> add that she gets a lot of good tips from her husband, who is oh. a chef. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he was a chef for, oh, gosh, I can't, like eight, 18 years? How long? Long time. He was a chef for a very long time, and now um, he works as a... Uh, he works as like a, a for a food supplying company um, as a marketing associate. So he's still in the restaurant industry and does a lot of the cooking in our house. You must be a lucky gal. <laughs> I am a lucky gal. She I don't was know right how on I that one. Him, right? <laughs> well, Lauren, tell us about how you got such a unique educational background and practice philosophy. You were kind of ahead of the time before even health at every size and intuitive eating and movement became more mainstream? Oh, so, okay, this is such an, when I, I you know, this is such an interesting question. Um, so I, ha- I when I think back to, you know, everything, um, I got to start with, I think I will start with when I was um, working as a, you know, just a straight up personal trainer in a gym, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and then watching my clients um, 
who a lot of them had like some sort of like either subclinical eating disorder, not a lot of them, but some had, um, you know, subclinical eating disorder and, 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 you know, just like a few had like a, you know, full blown eating disorder. I didn't know it at the time. And I look back and I see that. Um, but what I did see at the time was people really abusing themselves in the gym. So either, um, it would be like, you know, clients and I would have to rein them in like, Hey, if you're sore, don't be like working out. You're just going to end up injuring yourself. Um, or I just see it around me that it was the gym culture. Mm -hmm. And so I saw people just really flinging their bodies around, um, just sort of beating their body into submission, um, is what I saw. Um, I also, uh, you know, ran competitively, uh, into college, um, you know, starting in middle school, um, into college. And that also has colored, um, you know, my philosophy as well. Um, seeing both, um, you know, awesome relationships with food, with food, physical activity, body and sport, and then also really disordered relationships or poor relationships with all of the above. Um, and then also, um, the other thing that kind of, you know, factors into this is uh, I did get um, an MFA um, in acting back in the day no, <laughs> um, before I, I did. <laughs> I know. And um, I got this. And the thing that has really stuck is all the, um, is all the breath work I did for, you know, just for, for vocal work for speaking in a theater. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, the breath and body work that you do um, to create a character. Um, and that has really covered in, um, like, kind of, you know, col well, colored. Um, I use that all the time, actually, you know, breath work um, and, and tapping into, like, finding where the emotions are in the body. That was not, like, a foreign concept to me, mm -hmm. you know? Like, so when I would hear, like, somatic therapists talk about that, I was like, oh, yeah, I did that in acting, like, <laughs> mm -hmm, yeah. like all the time. So um, because when people are really disconnected from how their emotions resonate in their body, you know, that's when we start to see the disorder, you know, creep up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that has been... You know, those things have colored um, my philosophy. And, yeah, my philosophy is obviously, you know, health at every size, you know, um, non-diet, you know, weight-inclusive approach. Because I know for a fact um, that abusing the body, not listening to it, one, is, um, you know, just traumatic in and of itself. Two, increases injury. And then, you know, three, is often recreating trauma. Um, so, you know, and, and Becca, you sent me, you, you posted that article mm -hmm. recently. I'm, I'm totally posting that by the way. I was, <laughs> I meant to post it yesterday and I totally did. I totally forgot. Um, and, but that's exactly it. Um, you know, the article for, for those listening was about, um, how, you know, at, the correlation between injuries and in athletes and, um, history of abuse. Mm hmm so that I see play out, in, you know, a lot in my private practice. Um, I see, you know, there's a you know, trauma history and, um, you know, correlated with a lot of overexercise, mm -hmm. you know, and not listening to the body. Yeah. That kind of goes yeah. into our second question. And I think helpful for, you know, me to know as a therapist, too. So 
Describe for us how you can stay in this place of compassion with kind of chronic disease or chronic injury. How have you been able to do that? Okay, so I love this topic. And um, yeah, so because, uh, yeah, it's really important to be able to um, have compassion and listen to the body literally on a daily basis. So and then also have a lot of acceptance. So for me, how this plays out, and this does color like what I bring into sessions, um, you know, with clients. So, you know, I'll just, I'll just like kind of tell my own experience. Um, and it, it was just when I, and you know, um, so I, I had a lot of injury, especially starting in, um, in college. Um, so um, in high school, when I was in cross country and track, it was just about, and I just think my youth protected me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I would just sort of like, be like, just go, you know, just fling my body into the race and, you know, hope for the best and that sort of thing. And, um, when I got to college, um, you know, it was a D1 team, you know, they just weren't joking around, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, it's very serious. And I was like, one immediate, like, okay, one mistake I made, um, was, uh, dogging it over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking that I could just leap into, you know, full blown training, um, and not being honest with the coach. And uh, so I just kind of, again, slung my body into that, mm-hmm. you know, and went and, and then trying to run through injury. So mm-hmm. what happened there is, and then also co- coming into that was not knowing how to fuel myself um, for this, um, you know, just a, a, even if you're running really well in high school, it's a whole different ball game in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different game. ball game. Yeah, you gotta you gotta up the food game. You gotta mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta literally just eat more. And <laughs> and I did not know that. And um, when I started, um, I mean, fast forward, like you know, in my thirties, when I started doing, um, uh, you know, marathons, um, I realized I realized I was smarter at this point because I had my sports nutrition under my belt. Um, and I was like the whole like the gut wrenching pain started to happen during the longer runs. The first long run we went on, I was like, ow, ow, ow. And, and I'm like, it's happening again. Oh my God. I was like flashbacking, you know? And, um, and I realized, Oh wait, I had the same breakfast I had when I went on a three mile run the other day. What mm-hmm. am I thinking? What am I thinking? This is not. <laughs> so I, that was quite simple, you know, um, but I could have used um, the guidance, frankly, um, of a sports dietitian back in college. Um, I really, really could have. It would have prevented a lot of injury. Um, and then also, so now, just fast forward into now, um, because of the years of ignoring injuries, um, you know, especially in competition um, and letting those things kind of creep up and not having compassion. And then also the other thing I want to mention was on my team, um, you know, even in high school, I was. You know, if you walk in even running shops too, um, you know, it's funny what's considered like a larger body in running. Mm-hmm. Oh, we and just had this conversation. Yeah. It's a different world. Um, like in no I just you know, I want the listeners to realize like the, the sort of weight stigma that's in <laughs> that's in running, mm-hmm. uh and other sports, but I mean running's my sport and um it's uh I mean I, I would have to 
get like on the, you know, just like the, the top of the, the end of the line in terms of the sizing. I'm like, what do people do who are larger than me because they exist? There's just not an appreciation for the spectrum of bodies that might want to participate mm-hmm. in retail stores in these, in these, you know, especially running stores. I, if I'm, I'm, if I'm like kind of capping it out and I'm by no means, I'm not in a larger body at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I got a special order, a bra, that's, that's really speaking quite loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that says, and that's that there's not an appreciation and an inclusiveness, um, in terms of bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's not cool. Uh, so that was, um, also, you know, and we all know this in, um, running, there's this, this, this faulty belief that, oh, I gotta be thinner. I gotta be thinner. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of, you know, I'll just say like funky eating, um, you know, uh, when I was on the team, uh, especially in college and, um, you know, some overt eating disorders as well. And, um, you know, it was really problematic um, when you're seeing these runners who burn quite brightly uh, for the time that you see them. But then what you don't see is like a year or two later, you know, they have, you know, basically career ending injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all due to, you know, essentially this pursuit of, of you know, perfection in terms of, uh, you know, and and then what it comes down to is I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. I have to be lighter, you know, lighter is faster and not necessarily at all. Um, And so, in fact, it can really slow you down and then end your your career. Uh, So, so when I've found that when I, you know, essentially engage in sport, physical activity or any movement for that matter, when I engage in it from a perspective of, self-loathing or self-hatred um, or body hatred um, and um, oh, inadequacy, you know, and any sort of want or need to, to, you know, manipulate my body in any sort of way. And usually it was this need to lose weight or want to lose weight, this desire to lose weight. Um, that's when my injury would, that's when I would get injured. And that I see that bear out in my private practice mm-hmm. when that when it stems from that, those kind of, you know, negative thought processes, that's when the injuries are going to occur. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's what, you know, and the, the problem is, is those, those injuries, they don't they go away. But as we age, or I, I'll just speak for myself as I've aged and I'm 44 now, so I'm not that old. Um, I'm not that old, um, and (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm right. All right. And, uh, so it's not that old. I got a lot of life left and I have chronic injury. I have chronic pain stemming from those old injuries. I've torn my hamstring. I've, you know, torn, you know, the labrum in my hip. Um, I have, you know, I've, I had so much tendonitis and nerve damage in my feet, especially while I was in college. Um, and that reverberates up the kinetic chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've had shoulder injuries. Um, and so now I have like, you know, chronic tendonitis, chronic bursitis, um, this sort of stuff. And um, so for me, just currently where I am now, um, 
you know, no, I'm not running. So, and this is where the compassion comes in. This is the longest answer to this question. I'm so sorry. I can talk. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a point, um, you know, so, but this is where the self-compassion comes in is how can I honor where my body is today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, no, I'm not training for marathons um, today. That's, that's what I'm not doing today. And what I am doing is saying, okay, here are my options. You know, for me right now in my ability level, my options could be a walk. My options could be a spin class. It could be some yoga, um, you know, and that, and those are just a few options. Um, there's others, but, you know, just literally for today, those could be my options. And it can also be rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I appreciate and that. Oh, good. Yeah. It's an appreciation of the body, you know, like it, it's. Just, okay, body, what are you telling me? So right now, I just, I, and I'm not to get too woo, but right now my, I have bursitis in my shoulder and I have literally no idea why my uh, orthopedic surgeon thinks it's because I got pneumonia randomly in uh, January and had to take a medication called Leviquin, which mm-hmm. does cause tendonitis. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. familiar, tendonitis, I, just basically inflammation for a year or two post taking it. And he goes, oh yeah, you can have it because of that. So I have to be, so I could sit there and exercise to the point where I actually have a tendon rupture or I can honor my body and I'm choosing to honor my body. So right now I do find it interesting. Um, this is what I meant when I said, I don't want to get too woo, but I am going to get woo. Um, I can't do any like pushing. I, I can't do push-ups anymore. And I used to be um, just to pat myself on the back, spectacular at push-ups. Um, <laughs> and I cannot do them right now uh, because uh, because of this uh, bursitis in my shoulder. Um, and there's a bunch of pushing things I can't do. So what I can do is stretch my pectoralis muscles, um, um, my chest muscles, and so I just find it interesting that I can't push right now. And what I can do is stretch. Yeah. And I just find that that really just correlates with life right now for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I appreciate where you divided it up is I think a lot of times we want to compare to where we've been, right? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. <laughs> creatures of habit doing that. And it may be looking at what are the options on, I think of a lot of our clients that maybe have um, chronic fatigue, like physical symptoms, and it may be a bad day for them. Well, what does that look like that they could do rather than comparing to when they had a great day and they cleaned the house and they went for a run and they did that, um, you know, assessing where they're at right then and there. So um, I think that's a, a really great point. Yeah, and realizing that nothing is forever. Like, so while even though, okay, yeah, I guess I, you know, right now I'm not, you know, you know, running marathons and, and I'm not always going to have bursitis. Mm -hmm. Nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. And honoring the body as it changes, as it ages even, and whatever that is for, for that individual, honoring the body literally in the moment, not 10 years from now, not 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. and not even yesterday for that matter. Can you talk about that a little bit more with being able to examine? So this individual comes in with like chronic injuries, chronic diseases, mm-hmm. and they're engaging in activity and movement, which we want, or their sport. How do you protect them from letting an eating disorder or disordered relationship take over with that movement when they have this injury that they need to be more compassionate with? Oh, um, this is, this is, um, 
so what I like to do is literally just do this. Um, I like to write, like I have a whiteboard in my office and I will literally split it down the middle and I'll put intention and I'll put, you know, recovery or healthy minded um, intentions. And then I will put ED intentions on the other side. And then I'll also have little boxes of like the physical activities, you know, um, you know, things that kind of bring things out. Not that they need to stop them, but then you need aware. Because especially if they're training in particular for a particular sport, you know, you know, we, we want to hopefully keep them in their sport, if at all possible. Yeah. You know, if they don't happen to be training for anything particular, then it's easy to switch it up, you know, switch up the mode. But we, we sit there and we go through, okay, what would be the reason I would engage in physical activity aside from, you know, you know, manipulation of my weight or, or body shape. And, um, you know, and we get to know like, okay, here's the, it could be, you know, um, increasing strength, increasing flexibility, increasing performance. Um, you know, it could be clearing the mind. It could be uh, getting outdoors. It could be camaraderie. Um, it could, and then eating disorder stuff could be, Stuff about like you know weight loss, um, body shape concerns, um, unhealthy competitive attitudes like comparison, um, you know that sort of thing, a one-upmanship uh, that you know unhealthy competition because there's healthy competition and then there's unhealthy competition mm-hmm. where it's um, yeah and we know how that goes. Mm-hmm. So finding out what that is and then um, and then sometimes what I'll do also is a movement timeline and I'll do it from birth to, you know, now and, and, you know, allow the person to sort of like list the activities and the movement. I say, and I always tell them be super broad when you think, when you talk, when you think about this, broadly describe the type of movement you were doing at each point in your life. So when you were a baby, you were rolling, you were crawling, you were, you know, whatever you were doing, you were learning to walk, you're pulling yourself up, you're holding your head up. And then what was the intention behind that? It was to explore. It was to walk. It was to whatever, um, you know, and to, to explore the world around you. All the way to, um, you know, um, maybe as they get older, they're riding their bike. What was, the, what was the intention of that? To, you know, hang out with my friends, you know, that sort of thing. Moving on into perhaps this person's sport, okay, when that, that started. And we can often, especially with an eating disorder client, we can see where the eating disorder t- takes the sport. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the, sport, the participation in the sport will be about all those things, camaraderie, fun, you know, healthy competition, like um, really enjoying the strategy of the game, um, you know, that sort of thing, um, or enjoying the rush, you know, um, and the joy that comes with participation in sport. Um, and then you'll see, like, suddenly it's about um, – this is the only way I identify with myself and my body. This is the only thing I'm good at. Um, what am I without this? Um, you know, and then suddenly it's about the body. Like I need to be thinner. Um, it was about, then suddenly it was about weight loss when it never was before. So you might see that sort of shift. And when you do a timeline, it is really, really obvious. And, and I'll have them add things in like injury, any trauma, and they just put a T for the trauma. You don't need to like mm-hmm. get into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a therapy session. You know, but like that's something I would share with the therapist as well and be like, hey, here's this and how it correlated with their, you know, their, their sport, their movement, you know, their exercise. Mm-hmm. I really like that. So, or even looking at 
enjoyment of that sport over time. When does you know? it shift? I like, yeah. I like using that um, activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, you have so much knowledge, Lauren, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, assuming that you're going to put it all in a book, right? So <laughs> can you share your big news about... About this book you've been working on? Yeah. With maybe another person that's possibly been on this podcast? Possibly. The uh, amazing Amanda Tierney. Um, And uh, so she and I, so Amanda is the strength and conditioning coach over at the Victory Program at McCollum Place, um, where they specialize in eating disorders and athletes. And so we met when I spoke at their conference and we just gelled um, because we have the same outlook, uh, same philosophy, et cetera. And so, yes, we are working on a book. Um, yeah, what? Nice. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been doing, um, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm reading little snippets from it. And, um, you know, I'm super excited about the writing we've done. And I do think it's really important Um to talk about how to essentially take take back the you know our sport from the eating disorder you know just reclaim that so um i think i think you know i think movement is so important i'm being broad when i say it you know because it it can and will change over time you know Mm -hmm. um i did not become a professional runner um and that is okay Mm -hmm. um you know i and and i mean I didn't even qualify for Boston. That was a huge goal of mine. And mm-hmm. then I tore my labrum in my hip and that was that, mm-hmm. you know, that involved one, I'll say a grieving process. Yeah. True. You know, that's that you got to grieve it. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. And then and it involved acceptance and, you know, not so much like some days, you know, uh, it's not about like, I love my body. It's just acceptance. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. Here Absolutely. it is. Of where it's at you know, today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's what we'll be talking about, um, all that in in the book. Can't wait. So, Lauren, with all your high energy, how do you live out this fit philosophy balancing your performance, your health, your intellect, and sneaking in time for self around your family? Because I know you're a busy mama, too. Mm-hmm. Just yes, this kindergarten. is true. Yeah, he's five. Oh, my God, yes. Uh-huh. I have a five-year-old who just started kindergarten. He's Congratulations. You got him I, to school. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I got deal. him to school. <laughs> it's it more, more like got mom away from school. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Who? Oh, my God. I had, like, I had, I did say I shed a couple tears. Oh, I, I'll yeah. say it. Oh my you know, it, his little face. I just love him so much. He's, <laughs> he's literally my favorite person. He's my favorite person on earth. Oh. Um, so, oh, sorry, Ben. You are too. <laughs> <laughs> oops. Yeah, uh, oops. Uh, so how do I? <laughs> you yeah, you want I us to edit a... that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, leave that in, in there. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, um, yeah. I mean, and then I have a full-time private practice, um, you know, speaking and writing and, you know, all the things. So, so, uh, like many, many people just, you know, we got work, we got family and then we want to fit in, um, you know, some just time for your time for yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, what I do, I guess like a little strategy I have, um, is I will, and again, this involves tons of flexibility. I'll take a look at my week. You know, and be like, 
okay, where can I fit in some, you know, physical activity? I have the luxury, I'm just going to say this, of, well, luxury and then, of course, you know, just the situation because, you know, part of it makes me very sad, um, that I'm not really competing for anything right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to sit there and, you know, get the brick workout in. I don't ha- I just don't have to, you know. Um, you know, and one could say I don't get to at this point. Um, but just, you know, that's pretty much where it is right now. So I have that flexibility to be able to like, okay, well, what I want to, what, what does my body feel like doing? And I can kind of put pencil in like for the week, some activities in there all the way from like meeting a friend to go on a hike to, you know, to a spin class, you know, to, you know, okay, I'm going to, um, go in the gym. Like right now I'm trying to reincorporate some running back in I got to be gentle yeah of course I want to run outside I don't want to run on a treadmill Mm -hmm. but I got to be in acceptance right now Mm -hmm. and be like okay right now my my body needs the gentleness of a treadmill Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and because I need to do like just maybe one minute of running and then kind of walk it out Mm -hmm. you know and I just listened to some awesome podcasts such as yours Um, (laughs) you. (laughs) you know and great music and stuff like that um, and, you know, knowing that this isn't forever. So, um, and then also, so I'm, I'll do that for the week, but so, you know, as you know, things change, right? Maybe we don't get it. Maybe, the, you know, you know, my son woke me up like three times that night. Um, or, you know, I had to put a client, you know, where that class might've been or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I just change things around and I don't stress. And that's, that, and that's the flexibility I'm talking mm-hmm. about is, we need to be flexible. You know, if a friend is like, hey, you want to go on a walk and talk? Uh, yeah, I'm going to choose that over, like, you know, whatever gym workout. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just way better. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's just a level of flexibility. So that's, that's something I do is, um, you know, just kind of scheduling and then being cool to, you know, deschedule it <laughs> or reschedule it. Um, and then also making sure that, I try to go to bed at between, you know, I really try to go to bed at 10, 1030 most nights. Um, it's sometimes, some nights that's hard. Like last night I was working on a, I, I don't know when this podcast, I won't let him listen to it, but I was working on a birthday present for my husband who's turning 50 in October. Ooh. And I know. Look at you planning ahead. <laughs> I was, I was like plotting this whole birthday present. I was like sitting there like, working on it and of course I was up late so (laughs) but you know um, but most times I do try to get some sleep because that is nothing like sleep to kind of sap your lack of sleep to sap sap your energy so yeah but those are a few things that I do oh and then I make sure to um I love going on um walks and then like you know I, I live you know pretty close to the ocean so um we've done you know some ocean swimming um as a family Mm -hmm. my son loves the ocean so so um incorporating it with family as well is always a fun thing oh yeah yeah oh well lauren as always i love talking to you um thanks (laughs) for coming on and i'm sure karen i will be seeing you around at the conferences oh of course uh (laughs) the guys thank you for inviting me it was awesome talking to you yeah such good stuff thanks so much lauren have a good one You too. Bye, lady. Bye. Bye, Bye, queens. Thank you to our sponsor today, Sentimano Counseling. 
Sentimental Counseling is the premier perinatal mental health practice in Kansas City, treating mood disorders during pregnancy and postpartum, perinatal loss, infertility, eating, and exercise disorders. Go to Sentimano.com for further information about the practice and services. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.